Pushing Back Chaos with Mel and Mike and Raph. Welcome back to another episode of Pushing Back Chaos with me, Paul Mellon McFadden, joining you from sunny Melbourne in Australia, where I've flown down under for a bit of a vacation. We've been able to come down and spend a bit of Easter with family, so I'm staying here with my brother. We've been having a great time. Hey, Raph, how are you doing, man? Dude, I'm good, man. I've uh, just got back from a trip, actually. Uh, what's today? Sunday? So I got in yesterday. I was in New York City for a bit. Um I couldn't believe how amazing, like how, like the weather was perfect. It was crazy. Like it just blew my mind out because, you know, New York is New York. You're expected to be kind of a an offshoot of like the Pacific Northwest because it's kind of just up in the Northeast, but uh, it was perfect, man. So anyway, spent a, like a day and a half on the ground, then went to San Francisco for a night and then went to Cabo for a couple hours um, and then did the turn back to Seattle. So it was, uh, it was a good little four day. I have no complaints. You know, but I mean, it kind of kicks your ass a little bit. Every time you throw a transcon in there, West yeah. Coast, East Coast, it it takes it out of you. So, hats yeah, off to yeah. the wide body guys that are you know crossing like fifteen time zones. They can they can keep that. Yeah, yeah. We we got here like uh, a bit over a week ago, and last night was the first night that I had like a, a normal sleep, wake up, feeling refreshed type thing. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've advanced. So I'm like, I'm actually like way ahead. Of I'm tomorrow for you guys. When we we're booking the time in for this, I was like, I put it on the wrong day. <laughs> I thought just a UTC time. Push it a day forward. Wait, so it's Monday there now? Yeah, yeah, it's Monday morning. Oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you cross the national time zone. Yeah, yeah the, the timeline. The poor old flat earthers, you know. It's uh, <laughs> it's so disappointing to them when they see it's like dark. <laughs> Iron lot where I am. <laughs> and how about you, Mike? How you going, brother? I'm um, great, Melon. Not as good as you two. I mean, you're you're sitting there. I mean, look look at the background right there. Do you got a nice swimming pool and nice and sunny? And you're in your. It must be a special occasion because you're wearing a nice collared shirt instead of your white beater. <laughs> and then uh, Raph talking about you know flying to Cabo for a couple hours. I I know his ass got off and got a couple drinks and you know because he's like I don't fly anyway. I just push autopilot. So you know. Don't let them fool you, but I had a I had a pretty long week to say the least. I uh, drove up right after we did our last episode. I left, drove all the way home to Pennsylvania for my best friend's wedding. I ended up getting there like Friday morning. I, I had to stop in DC because I was just so freaking tired, just because I've been go 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 for the last few weeks. I, I've had no weekends to myself. And uh, had to stop up in D.C., got got some good food, treat myself a little bit, took a nap, and then uh, woke up, continued on the next day, got up to there, spent spent like the whole day with my best friend and um, just talked about life, man. And, and, it, and it was kind of cool. You know, we're going to go into the topic today, but like, you know, this pursuit of happiness. But it was so cool for him and I being best friends for 21 years now and being through so much shit. Um just reflecting sitting around reflecting down in his basement he's got a bar and we're just uh trying some new some new bourbons and just sitting down there kind of laughing and uh and then it turned to margaritas which is a drastic shift but uh <laughs> and then everything really started flowing but, uh, <laughs> but it was great man and, and it was a it was a very small but very beautiful wedding and um you know i i said last time it was just so humbling for him to ask me to be his best man and honestly you know I, I tried not to butcher my speech form or whatever but being able to share like those type of feelings and whatever for like a best like an honest to god best friend and being there as part of his moment and asking him you know him asking me to be there in that capacity was one of the greatest honors of my life like really like I'll I'll remember it for the rest of my time and always be grateful that like man I had somebody mean so much to me that they asked me to be their best man on the best day of marrying their new best friend, you know, and, and it was just really nice, but literally, uh, I think we, we celebrated and partied till about midnight. And then, uh, of course I stopped drinking around five and then I had to get on the road and drive all the way back to, uh, to the East coast or like where I'm down, like down South. And then, uh, I came back, I had to go straight to work. And then three hours later, I 
went to work for four straight days, uh, right into a, living out of a backpack in, in central Virginia. And, uh, again, no break, no anything, dude. It just like sucked, <laughs> just straight up sucked. But, uh, everything went really well. You know, I don't, I don't want to get into specifics about certain things, but it just went really well. You, you build camaraderie, you really get to know dudes and, and, um, you know, see what they're capable of, man. And we opened up the bag and it was just so cool to see guys really how capable uh, they are in, in a lot of different capacities. And uh, I got home late Friday morning at like 2 a.m. And uh, I slept all day. I really just didn't give a damn. It was like one of those days where you got to pump the brakes and just be like, I don't give a shit. I'm just going to sleep. And uh, just this weekend, man, I just been going out to eat good food and treat myself after living out of a, a backpack and uh, got a bunch of meat, bunch of steaks, potatoes, veggies, all the goodies. Thinking about you guys just barbecuing and all the stuff that Ch Chesa makes for you all the time. I was like, I'm getting that for me. And, uh, and now here I am Sunday evening, wonderful, restful weekend and uh, getting, getting spun up for another busy week. I just want to say that. It might be obvious when you think about uniform members and the sacrifices that are made in times of conflict and on deployment and whatnot, but there's a pretty good insight into life, uh, what Mike, what Mike's life is like and the sacrifices he's making there of going to all mate's wedding and being the best man and having to leave at midnight to go immediately out in the field and get into some pretty serious training. And it's just a small snippet, I think, of an insight into the sacrifices that people in uniform are making to keep all of us safe. And I just really want to pause there and just acknowledge that. And I know there's a lot of people listening out there who wear uniforms or when they go to work, be it military first responders, police, fire and paramedics. And we really appreciate what you guys give up for us and having to leave your best friend's party right in the middle to go out in the field, I'm sure that must have stung a little bit and just a tiny 1% of what it's like. So I just really appreciate what you do for us all, Mike. Well, you guys did it too. And, you know, I'm just – the only difference is I'm, I'm still doing it, but you guys both dedicated half of half of your life to doing it as well. So um, – and it does suck. I, w I was genuinely, like, pissed off that I had to leave and I just kept apologizing dude, I'm so sorry. I wish I could have been here longer. I want to stay longer. I wish I could just spend all Sunday recovering with you and laughing and doing everything. Yeah. And it's been a long time of doing that, man, but some things, some things we just have to do. We just have to do it and we have to be ready and prepared. And there's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of things getting thrown around for, you know, my group in particular. And, uh, you know, we always talk about it's coming. It's just, who are you going to be? And are you going to be prepared for it when it shows up? You know, and uh, we definitely try to keep the mindset that every day is September 10th, 2001. Because mm. you can wake up and the whole world's going to change. And then you're in it, whether you want to be or not, you're in it. So, yeah, it's definitely a valuable thing, man. Giving up stuff and. I've missed so much shit. I know you guys have missed so much stuff traveling and being away from military or other jobs and sacrificing in order for the betterment of your family or people you care about and love. It's a necessary thing, man. So I appreciate it. I just saw it firsthand again yesterday. My my brother had to fly back to doing, uh, he, you know, he's, he's also deployed. He's wearing uniform up in the north of Australia and, you know, he came down and had his vacation time with us over Easter and then he had to get his, uh, you know, pack his pack and jump in a taxi and head off to the airport to travel back home and it all just brings it home again that there's people out there making sacrifices for all of us and I think that that ties in really well with the topic today, Mike, of pursuit of happiness and what is it, what are we doing? You know, there's important things in life. It's a it's a it's a phrase we hear a lot, and and maybe it's one that bears a bit of reflecting and sort of unpacking to get down to what what do these three words mean? What are we doing, and what are we what are we building a life around when we say we're pursuing happiness? 
man. I feel like 10 different things when I hear that. Some of them are like good feelings and I'm like, oh man, what a wonderful journey. And then other times it, when I hear it, it, it like stings me, you know, the pursuit of happiness that means like I'm pursuing it because I don't have it, mm. you know, and I get angry of like, why aren't I happy? Like, why do I have to pursue it? Why can't it come find me? Why can't it show up at my door? You know, like I'm trying to do good things. I'm trying to be a good man. I'm trying to do this and do things right but I'm still not happy. So like, why do I have to pursue happiness? You know, you just get in those moods sometimes. So it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. And I, I definitely like this topic and, you know, trying to dissect it and try to break it down into what does it really mean? And where is happiness? Is, is it a physical location? Is it a moment in time? Is it a feeling? Is it success? Is it status? Is it money? Is it whatever? You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure that each one of us can define it slightly different. And then anybody else out there listening can define happiness as, as something else different. It doesn't make it right or wrong. You know, happiness is for the individual. You know, what I think is joyful and happy and something good, somebody else might look at it and be like, that's the worst thing you could ever do to me or give me. You know, that's not happiness, it's pain. Okay, well, hey, you're not wrong for it you know, but you're not necessarily right for it. It's just for you. So I don't know, man, it's a, it's pretty, it's a tough ass question. <laughs> I've always seen that. Uh, I've subscribed to that school of thought where it talks about the only thing that can prevent you from having something is the pursuit of it. Mm. And it's like the, the words are fairly powerful there that, you know, you can create an environment or a situation where happiness can flourish, but that chasing after it is not the way to live either. That there's, there's that sense of finding out what your goals are, what your meaningful goals are that are aligned with your principles and your character and your beliefs. And that you're going to have a feeling of fulfillment or meaning in your life when you know you're moving towards those goals so that if you feel you're actually advancing towards say the, the feeling of having a happy and healthy family or, or children who are flourishing and you are seeing those children enjoying life, you know, as a result of your efforts in the world to go and get resources or to create a happy home or have find a, an amazing partner who has a nurturing and you know a beautiful side that the children can flourish in. That that's when you're going to have those feelings of fulfillment, which I think are a bit contrasted with necessarily pursuing happiness or pursuing something that can be fleeting. Hmm. So I sort of had my my thoughts change around this quite a bit as I've gotten older. Like I, I used to think that there'd be an end state like getting a certain thing, a relationship or a, I'm not, not even sure what I was thinking, but that then, then there'd be like happiness after that. But I, I don't think that that's the case. I think that it's, for me, I really feel like trying to get clear on your, your, your actual principles and what they are and then how, what that's going to look like in the world when they're being achieved. And then you're just going to be working to create a scenario where you're moving towards that. I really feel like that's the reliable way to have have that feeling of fulfillment in your life and that happy times will sort of come, but you'll also have unhappy times. You'll have loss and you'll have failure and you know people will get sick and ultimately everyone's going to pass. And it can be devastating if you're only looking for happiness when those unfortunate events that are just part of life get dealt to you. Mm. So I feel like that there's something deeper and more lasting that you can structure your life around rather than chasing necessarily after a, a thing. If, if you haven't defined it or thought about it carefully. Yeah. Any thoughts on this? Yeah. I was actually going to say, um, Mike, when you were, talking about you know that because i think that's a very human thing to experience is you know when you find yourself in a moment whether it's days weeks you know some people like maybe a year long or a period in their life where they're like 
all of a sudden I have to say, are you leaving? My wife is leaving for her little daily soccer. You want to say hi to the boys? Daily. Hardly. Yeah. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. I didn't play last Sunday. But... I, I don't know. She, she can't hear us. She can't hear us. He's selfish I can't like hear that. you guys either. Yeah, that's right. Hi, Aubrey. Be gentle. Thanks. Be gentle with that ear. Hi, Aubrey. Hey, guys. That's Mike. I guess. Yeah. yeah. How are you we, doing? We cover him because he's so ugly. <laughs> Oh, don't listen to what he says. See? He, he mean knows. It. Thanks, Ob. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I'm here for you. I know. I know. This is what I keep telling <laughs> everybody. Like he 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 talks about things in a way, and I'm just like, dude, she doesn't even like you. Like, you know? <laughs> I tolerate. <laughs> I would say tolerate is the tolerate because I'm her well, because I'm her baby daddy. That's true. I'm, We're yeah. still waiting on the on the blood work, but it's <laughs> looking at his torso. Everything, that not just his lack of bum, his hands, <laughs> everything, his, his toenails, torso, his back, everything. Yeah, the way true. he runs it's, specifically, it's more good. the way he runs. <laughs> he moves like an athlete. He runs with hamburger sort of. patties for feet. That's definitely wraps. <laughs> he slaps the hamburger. Feet, <laughs> he Mal does. Yeah, Mal's in Melbourne right now. Oh, sweet, nice. So you're not in Saudi Arabia right now. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I've been able to get out for Easter and come down under and see my family, my brother, spend some time here. I'm actually at my brother's house now in Melbourne. Oh, nice. Yeah, great time. How long are you going to be there? So I've got another two weeks in the country. Oh, we nice. sort of got a bit of around. Yeah, we're going to go see Cherry's family in South Australia, mm -hmm. which is an hour and a half flight in a couple of oh, days. That's not and too bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. We're going to have the kids travel independently for the first time, just putting them on a plane. Oh, at this yeah, family at the other end, yeah, you know, just trying to build yeah. sort of towards, you know, where they're going to have to be as young adults soon. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's oh, kind of scary though, just because I don't know. I can't imagine Soren traveling alone, but he's four, yeah. so, so. <laughs> big difference. <laughs> no, five, five is the, the yeah. cutoff. After five, he's free to roam, but yeah. four, it's too early. It's way too early for yeah. It, yeah. Obs, before we're, we're not dead be parents. Hmm? Before you go to your uh, your soccer match, the the topic that we're doing is the pursuit of happiness. So Melon and Cherry are obviously sending their kids off so they can be pursuing. Uh. And, uh, and you're and you're running away from Raph to go play soccer so you can be happy. That's my happiness. Yeah. <laughs> What's um? At least she at least at least she admitted it to the public. Yeah. Hey. Because to no, me, she's like, no, I'm not. I'm not running away from you. No, no one not. cares. No one cares that you're a pilot, Raph. Nobody. That's what I tell him. No all one the brought time. it out. Mike. The only person who cares is him, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you, for obviously, do you have any uh, quick little point for anybody? The number one thing that you can give somebody to uh, be successful in their pursuit of happiness. What is something that comes to mind if you were to tell a friend? I can answer for her. Marry a Mexican. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Marry a Mexican. A tall Mexican, though. It's got to be a tall Mexican, which will be hard. But marry a tall Mexican. <laughs> mm -hmm. Bang. There you go. You heard it. <laughs> mm -hmm. But do you want a real answer? Sure. Yeah. That was a real answer. <laughs> no, I think try and find things beyond yourself, honestly. And I'm not saying don't be happy, but just I think that there's so much... I don't know, just be giving to other people, just try and not mm. focus so much inward, focus outward. And I think that you find happiness in other people and what you do and what you give out. And then you, I don't know. I feel on the spot now, but <laughs> I have was, soccer, so I gotta go. <laughs> no, it's good. I, I think it's a beautiful thing. And you know, we could have success personally all the time, but if you never have anybody to share it with, or yeah. they're better at with, you never get to the full enjoyment of it. I think so. Yeah. I think this day and age, it's so easy for everyone just to focus on themselves and what makes me happy. And I have to make sure I'm happy before my spouse is happy or before my kids are happy. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think that's true, really. I mean, I'm not saying don't try and get yourself happy. I mean, you have to take care of yourself too, but I just think there's too much focus on self these days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, there's too much focus on rap. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I was like, "There's no way I'm not gonna just—he's just, just chomping at the bit." Raph, you're fired. Aubrey, you're the new. You're the new number three. Thank God. Oh, well, I've been waiting for that. Took you guys long enough. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? What do you say? 
There's only room for one Espinosa on the podcast, and I think you've just taken the <laughs> Thank you, Melon. Oh, wait, what? No. I think Soren would even do a good uh, job. Actually, Soren's well, Soren's got a couple appearances, actually. The, my favorite was when he jumped up behind me on oh, the yeah. bed. That was hilarious. That's still one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. You sent that to me, and I watched it, I, I think, like, like a thousand, a thousand times, times yeah. that day. It, was, it just, made me laugh. He's like a little, he's just like a rabid Muppet. He just like. Well, he was like a rocket suddenly yeah. on the bed. He just, I mean, his body was straight. Like he was as straight as a board. It was that was pretty funny. Yeah. Naked too. Of was course, he naked? Yeah, yeah, I think he was. Or maybe in his skivvies. In his I don't skivvies. Know, because yeah, that's yeah, that's that's like melon and a and a wife beater. All the kid wears is his little knickers. That's that, that's yeah. a kid that's never in the pursuit of happiness. He's just always happy. He's he is. It. He is in it. Well, actually, Raph broke his heart today I because did. he wouldn't let him eat all the skittles he wanted. At ten in the morning. At like, let's finish the whole set at ten in the morning. <laughs> I just thought that was a bit much. Yeah. So you so you ruined his pursuit of happiness by taking the skittles away. Dude, he, yeah. was, so he, wanted all he day. was. He was so hurt. He wouldn't look at me. He was upset for I would say a solid twenty minutes. Yeah. Which is a long time for Soren because I feel like he gets over it fairly. Yeah, he doesn't quickly. hold grudges. My poor son. Like a dad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. I gotta go. It was good talking to you guys, though. Have right. fun on vacation. Yeah, I am having a great time. Bye, Obs. All right. See you later. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Rap. Yeah, whatever. Rap. Whatever. All right. Have fun. <laughs> right. See you later. All right. Yeah. Love you. Okay. <laughs> I think we just got a mic drop moment from the fairer 99% of the equation in the Espinosa household. That Around. was that was a no, scripted she- answer. She got that for me. <laughs> I literally, I was holding up the cue card. She, you couldn't tell, but I was holding it behind the screen and she was just reading it. That's why it was very robotic, robotically delivered. But no um, joke, that was, that's like the perfect answer, I think. Yeah. 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 And that was on the spot. That was off the cuff. A woman's yeah, got a heart um, of gold and I, I don't know why she's with you, but. <laughs> a lot There's a lot of confusion in podcast land at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> There are people um, are like, what so, did we just hear? Like, like what, what the hell is this? These guys aren't even like professional or anything. They just let random shit happen. It's like, absolutely, dude. Yeah. Like, we're not trying to be fake. That's the key. So what I was going to say before she rudely interrupted, um, I, that for me, it's, I guess, I mean, it's got a title, right? Happiness, like the pursuit of it. I don't really think of happiness as like a thing. It's not like a hat or a token that you're going to achieve. I just think, that happiness is basically the opposite of like those very real emotions that you do have, like anger, jealousy, hate, um, anxiety, you know, maybe like legitimate fear. And I, so I think of, if I'm not in any of those states, then in my mind, I've achieved some level of happiness, but to be more specific, if I can actually sit there and point specifically in my life where I was in a state of, of happiness, like where I genuinely understood that I was in that spot, it's usually when, um, I'm kind of aligned with my purpose, right? So I'm doing those things that I believe are my purpose in life, to be a good father, to be a good husband. Like, you know, like Aubrey said, you know, putting others before myself. When I do those things, that's when I usually find myself in that state, you know, whether you want to call it happiness or elation or, you know, there's all these fancy, you know, $10 words. Um, But yeah, that that's... When I think of it, that that's what I really for me, it's more about not going to the to those other emotions that I just talked about. So for me, it's not like I'm achieving a happiness. I'm just trying not to achieve those other negative states because they're so destructive and they bring you down and they just make your whole life miserable. And, you know, like it's just, it and it doesn't just affect you. It affects everybody. It affects your teammates. It affects your co cohort. More importantly, it affects your family. Right. It affects your brothers and sisters and your wife and your and your husband and your son and your yeah, just all that stuff. So. For me, I think of it as the antithesis is really what I'm trying to work to avoid so that I can achieve. And for me, again, if you want to call it happiness, I understand that there's different levels of it, right? Sometimes, I mean, sometimes just being outside on my balcony with a cup of coffee, there is a level of happiness, you know, where you just feel like, you know, you're centered or you've, you know, maybe you're going like rifling through memories and stuff and it just puts you in a good spot. But then there's different layers of it where, you know, not to get too, uh, raunchy, but like, you know, my wife and I will be intimate. And there's also, there's just a certain special place where like, there's this level of happiness that that brings. And then that's different from 
like maybe me just being at church, standing next to my son and him just squeezing my leg for no reason. Like that in itself will also bring a certain, I mean, like, but again, it has to do with really at the end of the day for me, it's everything is anchored to some sort of action, right? For me, it's, I know it's a state of mind, but that state of mind is going to be reached my beat by myself doing things, whether it's like you kind of what you said, Melon going out getting the resources to create the house so that my wife can create the home that we all live in. There's stuff that needed to happen to be able to uh, achieve that. And then in the more kind of moment type thing, because, you know, it, I do think, uh, what is it? I think it's the Dalai Lama who said that um, he wrote that book. It's pretty famous. I think it's called The Art of Happiness. It's not the percent. I think it's called The Art of Happiness. Um, I've just, I've read it. It was years ago. But I think one of the things he says is like, happiness is not something that's ready made like it's not like like you said it's not a token you just get or a hat you're just gonna like put on it's um it's something of your own like it, it's intrinsic of your own action something that you do to get you to that place so that, that's kind of what uh that, again what back to what mike said man that's everyone's got their understanding of it like i said sometimes it might be like you might think that going to Vegas, we were talking about the stuff line, going to Vegas and just blowing all your money on hooks and blow. Like, listen, I'm not saying you're not going to be happy. <laughs> I'm sure you are going to be happy. But there will be a moment where that happiness is going to eventually fade and you're going to look back and realize maybe that wasn't the happiness you were pursuing, right? It's not, it doesn't run deep, but 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 maybe you're a dirtbag. Maybe that's your thing. Like, I'm not judging. Maybe, I mean, like, that, maybe that is... That is your juice. You know what I mean like that is the thing that that is your nectar, you know, and I'm not judging that. All right. So you heard it here. Uh, if you go to Vegas and do hookers and blow rap said it's okay. So <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you're helping the young ladies get through college. I don't see any, <laughs> look, not all heroes wear capes. Not all heroes wear capes, Mike. No, they're all just tall Mexicans that you marry. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, well, yeah, no, I, I agree with what you both have come up about. And, you know, things are slightly different for everybody. And, you know, I, I wrote down kind of, you know, we talk about life and the pursuit of, of happiness in life. It's not just like a short period. But, you know, if you ask somebody it's just like, oh, what are you pursuing? Like, what, what do you want one day? Oh, well, I want, I want a nice house with a family. I want to have a wife. I want to have children. I want to have success, money, be comfortable. You know, like it's this far distant thing. Like, well, I'm not having that till like I'm 40. And it's like, you're talking to a, you know, like Michael's age, like 15, 16 years old, you know, and, and it's always pre-designated like, oh yeah, I think when I'm about 40, I should have all those things. <laughs> and it's like, ugh, no, pro like the funny thing is there's no control over it. And I kind of wrote down like these stages in life that I kind of look at as a whole people I've met younger, my age, older people have been around for a long time. And at the beginning of your life, you're, you're kind of like in this fun stage, right? Like you're immature, you're a child, you're a kid, you're a young adult, you're just running around and you're worried about having fun. And, and like, that's your happiness, right? But you don't really think of it as happiness. It's like, I just want to have fun. Then you go into the personal development stage, like where you're getting out of high school, you're going to college, kind of spreading out throughout the world. And uh, you're you're trying to answer that question of like, who am I? Where do I fit in? What's my purpose? Like, what's my job? Like, what do I amount to? What's my value? And everybody, it's like this competition phase between people. And then I, I, I feel like once people re realize that, then they're kind of shifting over to this unselfishness slash mentor phase where it's like they know who they are now they want to start affecting other people whether it's friends family uh passing things on like they've they've lived and they understand their role now it's like hey now that i know who i am now i can start maybe helping you understand who you are and sharing some failures successes and then the the shift to family it's like hey now i want now i'm ready for a family it's not just about me anymore i want to focus on family and then Mellon's talked, well, you both talked about this. Mellon in particular, he's, he's talked about a legacy. Then you worry about your legacy. Like, what am I leaving behind? What, what's the world going to remember me as? And notice in each one of these, I never put a time frame necessarily next to each one of these stages. You know, the fun stage, I mean, that could be from when you're a baby to like, you know, 18 years old before you're an illegal adult. The personal development could be four years of college. It could be all through your freaking 30s. Like everybody's different. There's no like, hey, by 
by 30 years old, you have to have this, 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 and this, or you're not successful, or you're not going to be happy. It's like, by whose timeline? Like, who designates that? Because I'd never seen one. And the point that I'm kind of making is, I think we always look towards the future. Like, happiness is a date on the calendar, or a certain event that is out there that people discuss. It's like, oh, well, I'm not going to be happy until three Fridays from now when we go on vacation or when I see my wife or when I see somebody or go on, you know, do whatever. Um, the, 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 and this is crazy because sometimes it's so damn hard because you're in such a, a, a bad place. Appreciation and gratefulness will give you happiness in the present. And if anybody out there says, no, Mike, you're absolutely wrong. I will, I will gladly rebuttal and say, you woke up today. What are you so mad about? Why aren't you happy that, that you had an opportunity to wake up? And like Raf said, you could be fully grateful in the present. And, you know, I, I woke up this morning, to be honest with you, I woke up this morning, had coffee. And I just kind of sat there like listening to the, there's a water fountain outside my place. And there were some birds and it, it was like 80 degree day. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. And I just kind of sat there and like took it all in. And I was like, man, it's pretty special to be alive. And, and I put a post out uh, on a story on our page uh, last week. I was, I was laying under the, uh, I was out in the middle of nowhere and there wasn't a, a light or a building around me for miles. And I was just laying under a tree sleeping on the ground. And I was looking up at the stars, man. There was just billions, just billions out there. And it was so humbling and peaceful. And I was just like, man, how lucky am I to be alive? And I was genuinely happy while I was a complete dirt ball, sweaty mess laying there after an 18 hour day. But I was genuinely happy just sitting there being like, man, think about where I'm at, what I'm doing, all the things and people I have in my life. And, you know, I was communicating with you guys, sending me some pictures and doing stuff like, oh, look at this and laughing. But I was still smiling. Because I, I was just genuinely happy because I was in the present and I was appreciative of everything that I had. And I found out for me, happiness is a state. It's not a location. It's not a time frame. It's when you can stop and find the things to be appreciative and grateful for that's instantly going to improve your mood and not everything else seems so bad or distant. And some, that's so hard to do. I'm not going to lie, man. I didn't get that for the longest time. It, but, you know, Mike, I was, if I can just add to what you said, I, it, it can be difficult if you don't have a roadmap, but I think what I've discovered and now that I'm in my mid, really going into my late forties, cause I'm closer to 50 now that I am 40, which is wild to think about. Um, <laughs> but uh, there is a roadmap, you know, it's not an easy one, but it's, you know, for any, hopefully anyone Michael's age or younger, who's who happens to come across this, this episode of us talking about it. Um, dude, listen, I mean, just, just hear me out. I'm a, I'm a mid forties guy who's got, you know, a little bit of a clue of, of, of who I am and where I'm going. Um, and it really, everything starts with discovering who you are. Like, because I think culturally, wherever, it doesn't matter where you live in the world, but, you know, culturally, geopolitically, all these things shape you as an individual. And you're supposed to kind of agree that that culture you're surrounded by is kind of giving you the values and, and the, uh, the purpose that they say belongs to you. But the truth is only, you know, that as an individual, right? Um, and so I think it's really important to understand that, like understand that you've got your general purpose in life and then society kind of wants something out of you as well. And so you try to kind of align the two as best as you can. But at the end of it, like always be true to yourself. So I always say step one, discover who you are. By default, that's going to lead to finding your purpose in life, you know, whether it's starting a family, following a certain career path living in a specific place, whatever it is that, you know, to enable you to do hobbies that you absolutely love doing that put a smile on your face, that sort of thing. And then step three is once you have, once you've discovered yourself and you have that purpose, now you can strategize. You can actually build a path. And it's like a, kind of what I alluded to earlier, when I'm aligned with my purpose, when I'm genuinely aligned with what I believe my purpose in life is, it doesn't matter if it, it just like, it doesn't matter if like you cut me off or it doesn't matter if, 
you know, my wife throws hot coffee in my face. It like none of it matters because when you're aligned, you genuinely are where you know you belong and you're just going to innately, you're just going to be happy. It's an intrinsic transcendent thing. Like you can't just be like, I'm not happy. Like you, because you're right where you need to be. Um, so I would say the, again, it's easier said than done, but giving it some thought, I feel like that's a pretty, pretty solid roadmap. If you're a young person, discover yourself, find your purpose and then build your road, your roadmap. And then, you know, take the small steps you need to, to get on that road and then hit, hit that target, whatever it is that, that you want to be, you know? And then Melon in the previous episodes, I know you talked about uh, Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs, you know, like, and I think that's important. Like, you know, don't be misguided. You need to fulfill those basic tenants at the bottom, security, food, um, I don't know, belonging to a, you know, a certain, a group, a clan, whatever, all, like all those things are important, right? Just for your own mental, physiological, you know, needs, those are important. And then once you have that solid foundation, you can actually start, you know, trying to achieve these other things, which are a little bit more nuanced, more complicated because the world's a moving, shifting. It's like, a you know, it's like a moving ocean. It's just things are moving all over the place uh, and it's kind of hard to navigate around that. But I think that if you have that kind of set really within inside you, it's easier to navigate the chaos. It's easier to be like, OK, that's who I am. That's who I want to be. And I'm going to work towards, you know, getting that pathway. That's that's hundred percent. I think, Raph, what you're talking about there of having that, having that purpose or that guiding star that you're working towards, and then figuring out the pathway. That's really a key part, so that you know the steps you're taking are moving you in that direction. You're not just floundering here with a, you know, a goal. You sort of your plan has devolved down to just hoping it's going to happen. Right. You know, you've got no, you've got no strategy. You haven't gone out and equipped yourself or taken advice from some mentors or educated yourself so that you're going to have skills to be able to move that way and when you are moving on that path i think you're really spot on there that 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 is that's the meaningful life you're moving towards something you value it's not what someone else values you've taken a lot of advice you've grown up in a family you've got your culture but you've taken time to reflect in that step that you've said there are step one discovering who you are and what to you but building that path can be difficult and that's where it's really worthwhile looking for people who are maybe five to ten years maybe 20 years down the road in front of you there referring back to Stu Weber's scout someone who's seen that pathway someone like Tony Senior that you can talk to or a mentor in your life where you can sort of run your path past someone because we do need to delay gratification for stuff we do need to do that you're going to have to put resources away now and not just you burn everything you've got in this moment if you're going to want to have anything in the future. But at the same time, you don't have to push the happiness off to X years into the future. You can be happy in the moment. You can be experiencing that gratitude that Mike's talking about right now, right where you are, right in the midst of the struggle and the turmoil. If you know that you're moving towards that long-term goal that is meaningful to you. I saw a little um, a thought experiment the other day and it was, you know, someone was offering a person in the street. They went around asking these questions. We, you know, would you like a million dollars? And everyone's like, yeah, hell yeah, I'd love a million dollars. I'm like, right, how about if I give you a million dollars today, but you're going to die tomorrow? And that's the condition that comes with receiving a million dollars. And every single person was like, you know, you could take the million dollars and get an injection and you're going to die tomorrow. And everyone's like, absolutely not. And they're like, okay, so waking up, waking up tomorrow is worth more to you than a million dollars. But we don't necessarily feel that. Like you were saying, Mike, sitting there out under the stars, having that moment of gratitude exactly where you are, you, you can bring these things to mind, but it takes a bit of effort. This is where you were talking about the Dalai Lama's word of art and it was creating, and Raf used the word discovering. It wasn't like things just descend upon us. You got to take the time, and there is effort and action. I think that we're all talking about here to to create these things. Like I've heard quite a bit of people, you know, young people now are taking a gap year to to find themselves, you know, to which for me in some ways I find quite confusing because when you're sort of nineteen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, you're not really going to 
know yourself that well. And I feel like working towards something at that stage is more important than just sitting on a couch for a year watching Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it can be a confusing time, but I feel like that there's definitely the words we're using are important and creating, discovering word art, that it's a state that you need to, to work to, to build. The, these are specific sort of verbs we're using rather than just like you're going to get out of bed in the morning and you're going to be happy. Like if that's what you're waiting for, you're gonna you're gonna wait. If your if your plan is waiting for happiness, you're gonna be there forever, Raf. Yeah, Malin. Just to add, because you just jogged my memory real quick, I saw something very similar um, to what you were talking about, where the guy, I think it was Brad Lee, who's talking to a couple and says, "Hey, if you, if you could wake up, you know, the whole the money thing, but you'd have to die in like a day." And literally, everyone says no to that, right? Um, uh, what's his name? Neil DeGrasse Tyson. Or is it? Did I mess? Yeah. He's got like three yeah, first yeah. names. He's uh, there's like a a, a a short of him talking to somebody. It's on Instagram, and it's basically him talking about the probability of us actually being born. It's it is the only way you can define it is it, it's impossible. I don't really I'm not great with numbers, but it said, uh, and I'm just gonna I pulled it up here. It says uh, it's the the probability, the mathematical probability of us be like physically being on this earth in the in the human lifespan. Right. So not just us, but like everyone's been born previous to us. So for any, every individual, it's like one and four, 400 quadrillion. I don't know what that looks like on a scale, but they said in simplest terms, it's damn near impossible. Like it literally is. I mean, life is a miracle. And I and I wish most of us and I'm just I'm not lecturing. I'm because I'm just as guilty. Uh, yeah. It is. We are a mir- We are a living miracle. And I, and I think that if people really, like you said, Matt, people understood that. If you really put that in some level of context, we would stop in the terms of my favorite Ozzy. We start fucking it away. We would stop fucking it away. We would literally realize how special it is, like Mike said, that you, you get to live, that you get to take another breath, that you literally get to see another sunrise, another sunset. You get to spend time with your friends. If you make the time, you get to hopefully do something that you love, whether it's flying planes or laying in the dirt, making uh, mud pies like Mike. Like whatever it is that you love, whatever your passion is, like you get to do it. And the odds are so against us. It's fucking insane. But we don't see it because we we're already on the other side of that veil. You know, it'd be different if we were got to see like people jump through the veil as unborn, you know, cells or whatever and be like, ooh, you know, pick me, pick me. And you're like, the odds are so against me because I'm lost in the sea of whatever. I'm like, there's yeah. no way I'm going to get through that veil. There's no way. And then finally, like, and then before you know, you're getting plugged out your dad's ball sack and you make it at the other end and then you're still going through that tunnel right like you're low crawling through the trenches trying to get to the old uterus you know or however that i don't even know how that works but i think it's old sleeve a wizard in the words of borat but anyway i digress man the point is that we are living miracles and i need to remind myself of that i really do because it's easy for yeah. me to see it when i'm looking at things of grandeur but dude we are things of grandeur every person whether you you hate that person's face or not. I mean, it's, we are miracles. It's like, what are, I try to look up uh, 400 quadrillion. I, I don't even know what that looks like. It's like a thousand a zeros deep. or something stupid. Yeah. I, I've heard him also say, we're talking about like all these basic stuff, like the force of gravity and the small electron force and all these other nuclear sort of real basic stuff about the building blocks of life. And there's like 16 of them. And if any one of them was like 1% out, right. there would be no It'd be nothing. Right. And, well, I- and just to go along with that too, you know, we, I forget what episode, but we, we actually talked about the odds of being here compared to like everything that your ancestors have done for you in order for you to, to, to be present. Right. Like the, gee, I mean, wherever your family's from all over the world, there's been wars fought all over the world. There's been, there's yes. been sicknesses and deaths and like just world tragedies, volcanoes, hurricanes, like floods, like everything has fought the odds of you being born, like for your ancestors to keep going and stay alive. And then for you to get here. And then we live in this modern world, I'm not saying it's perfect, but we live in this modern Western world where we have access to anything pretty much that we want. And, uh, 
and then we can sit back and be like, we're, I'm not happy today because I don't have something. When three, gen- three, four, five, six generations ago, they would kick the shit out of us for being like, why aren't you happy? <laughs> like, you have no idea what struggle is. You have no idea what we had to do in order for you to get to this state. And you're literally sitting on the couch, like complaining or going through stuff. No, no, again, I'm being pretty broad with that. I'm not saying that's how you should be with everybody. Um, but man, that's definitely a whole nother side of that odds thing and playing the numbers. Because I say there's 250,000 years of modern humans, 250,000 years of people with just as this, the five senses we have and the same intellect and ability to think and reflect and plan and strive and all of that, 250,000 years. So that's 10,000 generations. You don't have to go back very far. So 10,000 years ago is farming is when they say. So 240,000 years of hunter-gatherer of just, you know, you're living in the wild. You're in Africa with lions and tigers and bears and snakes and spiders and all of that. And the effort that each generation has to have gone through to just make it a little bit better for their children, a little bit better, a little bit for us to get to this place. So there's a thousand ways that you can cause gratitude to descend upon you that we should be aware of. And I think that that's a key part of this whole happiness and fulfillment. And you can still be working towards a goal that has meaning. You can still be like, I want to, you know, make a beautiful, you know, get the resources to build a beautiful home for my family. You can still be doing these things, but having gratitude and happiness in the moment you're in. Yeah. If I could just add something, um, I, one of the last episodes on the Joe Rogan podcast I listened to was uh, Dr. Peter Atia, which I've referenced several times here. Uh, he's just recently become like my go-to for damn near everything life uh, and health. And he says he start, he kind of discovered this thing called life in weeks. Have you guys heard of that? No. I have. So it's a count. It's a birth and death one box per week. And I know, and I know that people can think, well, that's a bit morbid because you're actually like basically click your, your, you know, you're ticking off the weeks as you're getting closer to your deathbed. But he, but he said in contrast, it's actually helped me help him kind of, kind of like, well, I remember one of the uh, earlier episodes, Melon, you alluded to the fact that it's um, you've gotten to the point in your life where it's easier for you to say no to things where people invite you to go do this or that. And you start realizing it costs time away from your, from your family. And you realize like, as much as I'd love to go take a boys trip to wherever, I kind of want to spend that time with Michael and Annie, you know? And so he said, it's kind of done the same thing. Like he recently was invited to go. I think he said like skiing or something. And he thought to himself as much as fun that would be, that's another weekend. He won't spend with his teenage sons and his, and his daughter. Right. And, and for him to be able to be with his children, to build that, you know, to keep building on those bonds, is just, it's, exponentially worth more you know nothing against his friends but he was just like you know when you know that your time is limited, when you have a visualization of how limited your time span really is um up at, you know up to that marginal decade so you know let's say you do live to like 85 well usually historically the last five to ten years you're you're battling disease you're battling you know inability to do the most basic tasks so anyways i um yeah i think i'm gonna get one i know it's a bit morbid but i it, hopefully that'll help jumpstart my um yeah just like your 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 ability to to wake up and be like holy shit this this is a special moment that i'm up building on that there's a statistic that when your children move out of home you've spent 85 percent of the time you'll spend with them ever and so cherry and i know that and she's really had this focus in the last in the last couple of years about how important each moment is with the kids. Hmm. And she just used that for just, you know, it's a thermonuclear energy she has to contribute and she's in their life and so deeply in their life. And like, she knows how important these years are now, these sort of second half of their teenage period. And it's an incredible thing to see someone else doing that at the same time with a slightly different perspective, just based on time until they leave home and how, how much, how much leverage is on this this hour and this experience and planning ahead for them. And that can just bring meaning into what you're doing right now. What you're already going to do, you know, you're already going to cook dinner, but it's like, boom, all of a sudden it's got all this meaning and joy and, you know, fulfillment attached to it. 
Yeah, yeah. Melanie, that's that's great. There is a exercise that I was told about once. Uh, I, when I was at, when I was at a, I was seeing a counselor uh, was a couple of years ago and everything and trying to, I was trying to find joy in like what I was doing after, you know, I kind of lost everything <laughs> and, uh, it just, just totally popped in my mind when he, when he said it. And it's an exercise that you can kind of do and put yourself in there is, uh, you know, it, whatever you're doing, you know, you're sitting there watching your kids and your kids are just destroying your house. You know, like if Soren's running around and he's like, my dad didn't give me Skittles at 10 a.m. I'm going to destroy this house and just driving you crazy. Right. And you're just I mean, you're not mad at him, but you're just like frustrated. You're not happy. You're just like, oh, my God. dude! I, oh, I was like, la- no, I was laughing at him. He was mad. I was well, it's, it, well, it's for it's for the example, Raph. So don't fuck it up. Um, <laughs> but it said, uh, you know. He, she told me, imagine, imagine right now that you're 80 years old and that you had a time machine and that you could transport yourself back to this current moment that's happening right now. And, and just think about that, put yourself in the perspective of being an 80 year old person, go back to this current one and evaluate yourself for everything that you have. And really think about that. You have your health. You have, you know, a job, you, you still have your family. Nobody's died yet. You know, like you have opportunity, you have access to travel, you have you, like freedom, like individual freedom. You're not like need assistance getting out of a damn bed to go take a piss, which is, you know, a whole nother definition of freedom for older people that can't even move on their own anymore without assistance. And it's a really good thing to, again, put, put things back in your perspective, like dude, in 50 years from now. I'm going to wish I could be right back here and this isn't that bad. And, uh, that was a really cool little exercise to, to try to do. And I did try it a few times, uh, just because I was trying to be, I was trying to be present. And I know I talked about that when we were still doing not your average operator, but I was really trying to be present and live for the moment. And I was trying not to let things of the past and events that happened define me or just keep interrupting my current state of happiness because it was it was killing me and um you know what little thing i wrote down here is for that and in order to pursue happiness in your future you have to be able to release the pain of the past because we we all experience terrible things or we make decisions that aren't good or we hold ourselves such accountable it's like yeah hey i really messed this up i should never be happy again and you just some people wake up and relive that terrible tragedy or terrible thing that happened to them every single damn day and they can't see the beautiful things happening around them they can't see the happiness and the joy from their immediate friends and family or coworkers or whatever it's like man you have so much stuff to be grateful for why can't you see it to the point where you want to grab people and shake them and be like you have everything to be happy for you know, like, dude, come out of it. Like, stop focusing on the shit. Like, you have so much to live for today. Yesterday's over. It's in the past. Like, look at right in front of you. It's you are you you are happy. You have the ability to be happy right now. And I know that sounds like a broken record because it's exactly what these two guys told me for like two years and just shook me all the time. Like, dude, you need to get your fucking head out of it. And look right in front of you, dude. Like you have people that love you. You have a job. You have drive. You have goals. You have this. You have so much stuff. And you're worried about the one thing that you don't have, but you're not looking at the things you do have. It's like, God damn, you're right. If I can just build on that, I think that there's a lot. There's a lot of people in suffering, and who are who are not. You know, pursuing happiness is like a a fantasy. We can all be held up by trauma in our past. So I really think a, a major step, like you've just you've just shared again, Mike, which is an amazing thing for a person in your position, to share that you went and got counselling, you went and found an expert, you found a professional who knew how to help you get past these things that were holding you back. And and I, I feel like there's so much that all of us can take out of that, that we can go and address these traumatic incidents or we can resolve this conflict in our past. We can go and do our best to make these relationships 
we can take responsibility for areas we've, where we've not been our best and we've let people down. And and we we all have a second chance. We all have a clean page in front of us if we're willing to do the work to resolve this stuff in our past. And that's a really major step, I think, that's going to hold a lot of us back. Mm. So that that resolving the past, I think, is a major step for people. And that is somewhere we, we can all work and we can all look to take responsibility so that we're in a position where we can then be working on the stuff that's going to bring a lot of joy, which I think Aubrey nailed, which is making positive, positive contributions to people you love. And I think that that, that together is where, where we're going to have, you know, the rubber's going to hit the road and there's going to be a lot of fulfillment and meaning and happiness in people's lives when you're able to do those two things. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Uh, I mean, OBS is an angel anyway, so she knows all the answers. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, it, it absolutely is true, man. We we focus on ourselves so damn much and our struggle and our pain when literally it, life is to be shared. Life and happiness is to be shared. It's not meant just for you. Uh, you know, when you, when you go to a funeral of someone that passes away, the first thing that comes across your mind is well, I'm going to miss this person because how much money they had or how many Instagram followers they had or the nice house that they had or what they gave me material wise. No, 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 no. It's I'm going to miss being around this person because I was genuinely happy. They made me laugh. They made me feel important. They made me feel special. They made me feel loved. All these things. And now there's a void because that special feeling is gone. And, and that particular person is not going to be able to give it to you like you like you want it to anymore or need it. And that's why we cry. That That's the pain. But then if you flip it around, man, how special were those people in your life? Look at what they shared with you. Look at the special times you had. And then when you start looking at those, usually you look back to happy memories. Like everybody reflects and you go to a party and you're like, oh, I remember this one time, you know. Raf came out and he was like dressed up with reflective belts over his nuts and he was dancing around the fire in Afghanistan. Really? That wasn't me. That was, uh, that was Jimmy Otto. I know it was Jimmy, but I'm just saying like, for example, you know, you come out and it's like, man, and we laughed our ass off almost pissed her pants. And then you start laughing and smiling and you find the happiness in the moment. Um, that's what you miss. And when you realize like, dude, I'm even lucky to have those memories. I'm even, I'm honored to even know the caliber of person I had that I had that person in my life, man, I'm happy because some people don't, you know, and it's just that little bit of recognizing, man, like, look what you have, look what you had, look what you got to live, look what you really got to live because I truly believe there are people who are alive and there's people who really live. And if you're just living to just, you know, Hey, I'm just alive. You might as well already be dead. You got to have feeling, man. You got to, you got to really feel them all. And some days you're not going to be happy. You know, that's the truth. We're not sitting here saying every day you need to wake up and just be extremely happy. You're, you're going to have shit days. You're going to have days where you're just completely crushed and your heart's broken. You're, you know, whatever you're stressed out. But I heard, I heard somebody say the one time you can't just shift over to being happy right away. If you get knocked down, uh, uh, you know, off your, off your tower, Stay down there a minute. Don't be in a rush to hurry up, get back and be like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm happy. Everything's fine. And, you know, you're probably faking it, but stay down. Think about why you're down. Really, really let it absorb in and ask yourself, do I ever want to get back here? Do I ever want to feel this again? Um, am I allowing this to disrupt my happiness or my joy? And then once you got the answer, which is probably going to be, no, I don't ever want to live like this again or feel this your focus is really going to be on, I, I would say, tightening your grip on maintaining happiness and joy and recognizing it. So you're, you're not so easily knocked down into that pit. Um, that's at least how I feel about it. That's how I kind of live my life now, live up every day. I have shit days, man. I'm not going to lie. I have really shit days. Um, I don't sleep sometimes. I, I lay awake at night and just my mind goes sometimes still. Um, I still ask God why, even though we've done multiple things, <laughs> it's just the human side. But then before I end it, 
I, I do pray and I just say, man, but thank you for today. Thank you for the people you had in my life. Thanks for this experience, this conversation. Thanks for sending me this person to affect, you know, do whatever. And I end it on a point of gratefulness. And uh, I usually tend to feel happier about it. Well, I think that that's probably a pretty good place to to finish there. I think that we've covered quite a lot of stuff and there's been some really beautiful stuff talked about here. I think that the three of us are probably agreeing that there's steps we can take to bring that gratitude and that, that joy in the moment into the everyday while still working towards goals that mean, mean, mean things to us and that there's a lot of stuff that is going to come to us when we're making a contribution to people we love. Is there any final thoughts you wanted to leave uh, our listeners with there, Raf, just before we, we close off here, man? Yeah. Um, just reiterate that, you know, it's happiness or whatever you want to call it. Isn't some token you achieve. It's actually, I, I think of it more of like a flame that's encased inside of us and it's anchored to how bright that, you know, how bright that flame is going to actually, you know, grow is anchored to the amount of work you do to to get it to that point it's not it's not something that's just gonna ready-made like the dalai lama said that's just gonna be gifted to you you have to genuinely work for it like anything in life right you have to work for it so don't sit on your couch eating potato chips expecting to you know fucking be uh enlightened like the dalai lama it's not gonna it's just not gonna work you've really got to put in some some work so don't be afraid of, don't be afraid to to work that's all how about you there, Mike? Is there any final points you wanted to drop just before we close? Think about somebody in your life that you can look at and just be like, man, that person is more than likely always happy. I don't really know who that is. And I can't like say like, oh, it's probably an elder person who's lived a lot of life and has a lot of experience. It could, you know, like I said, in these five stages of life, there's no time limit. So you could go one to five by the time you're 35, if you lived a lot of life, sometimes it takes longer. So I don't know who that person is, but really take a second and think about who the person in your life that brings you joy and happiness. And no matter what happens, they're always kind of that positive light in the darkness. And then ask them why they are the way they are. Like, why do you see it this way? How do you feel this way? What happens when something knocks you down or when a bad day happens? And really just sit down and try to understand who that person is. Because to me, sometimes I think like those people were sent specifically by God to be in my life because they are these uh, powerful pillars, these literally lighthouses in a dark, wild ocean sometimes that are just there and they're stable and they can just see through the waves. They can see through the, the storm and they can just like, just a simple, like extending a hand or give you a hug and you just feel the weight of everything drop away, man. Um, pursue those people, bring them closer. Think about how you can be more like them, become, have them as your mentor, be a student of uh, that art that uh you know we discussed and uh good things are good things will come from it i i i i hate saying i promise but uh i truly believe that uh when when you are open to that when you practice it i believe it is a, a magnet of some sort and then other people are going to come to you and uh they're gonna you know you're gonna become that that person whether you believe it or not, like one day you will be that mentor. One day you will be able to inspire other people and show them the, this is the path that has been, you know, dredged over and over and over to pursue happiness in the moment or in the future or whenever you're trying to. And those are special people. Those are really special people that God put on this earth for a reason. And I think those are like walking angels in a sense. So I would just encourage you to think about who that person is or people in your life and really bring them in and pursue them. Awesome. My last one is just a little, a practice that I've engaged in from time to time, which is picturing people 
in your life, people who mean something to you, maybe people who have passed away, grandparents or uncles or mentors or people you know. It really works well with children and just picturing them really clearly in your mind and really thinking about how much you wish them a great life, how much you wish them to be happy and fulfilled and joyful. And when you really, if you can do that for like five minutes thinking about that one person, I've always found a state of happiness and meaning it descended on me. All right. Pursuit of happiness. I hope you guys have a fantastic week out there. Don't be afraid to send us messages. Yes, I'm wet. Views. <laughs> so with uh, <laughs> we've seen the entire Espinosa clan in this uh, episode. Okay. So that's to be happy about. I'll get you a towel. So until next week, everybody, you take care.